Hi, and welcome to IndieWire's Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. My name is Chris Fall, I'm the editor of The Toolkit, and my guest today is writer-director Ari Aster, talking about his film, uh, Hereditary, a family drama slash horror film from A24 that was a huge hit this summer, just hit Amazon Prime, so you can stream it at home now. And today's show is being brought to you by Warner Brothers, presenting A Star is Born, directed by Bradley Cooper. The film stars Cooper, Lady Gaga, and Sam Elliott. Since the critically acclaimed films premiere at the prestigious Venice Film Festival and the Toronto International Film Festival, the filmmakers and stars have been honored with numerous accolades, among them being named to AFI's Movies of the Year list, a PGA nomination for Best Picture, a WGA nomination for Best Adapted Screenplay, four Screen Actor Guild Award nominations, nine Critics' Choice Awards nominations, and nominations from the ASC, the ADG, and the ACE, that's your cinematographers, uh, art directors, and editors. For your consideration in all categories, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Supporting Actor, A Star is Born. Just a quick note before we uh, cut to Ari. Uh, We're going to be taking next week off, and probably the following week we'll be back for Sundance um, to do something for Park City. Also, uh, by that point, we'll have nominations out, so we're definitely going to have some nominated guests in February, uh, recorded with Alfonso Caron early this week, so I know we'll be talking Roma in February. One other note, uh, Ari uh, and I recorded this this summer, Comedy of Errors, we were on the 11th floor, there was a workman outside the window banging at the window, Uh, so Ari actually came back the next day and we had a second conversation. This is really two different conversations that Ari and I had, covered a whole bunch of good stuff, but if uh, if you've noticed one or two uh, kind of awkward jumps are in there, just know this is two conversations being cut together. Uh, Really smart guy, uh, talking a lot of good filmmaking stuff. People don't come out of nowhere, and you had some very successful shorts. But I'm wondering, you know, in the sense, this isn't a project that A24 bought, you know, at a festival. This is something that they've backed from the start. So how does someone go from making some 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 very successful shorts to to setting up? Uh, you know, how did this happen that you ended up at A24 with this movie? Right. Well, <coughs> well you know, in some ways, it's really hard to track. Um, because, you know, I, I graduated from AFI in 2010. I studied directing there, got my MFA, and um, I made a short there that um, we, we took on sort of a, you know, uh, we, well, we started, taking, we started taking it to festivals, and then it was leaked online, and it became something of a notorious... Uh, provocation called uh, the strange thing about the Johnsons, um, and uh, you know, and and I, you know, I, I had several feature scripts um, that I was hoping to uh, to make before Hereditary because Hereditary did not exist when I first left uh, school, and I spent five years trying to get. One in particular going, but there were a few that you know that kind of that found homes and then you know, and then didn't quite make it. Um, and any aspiring filmmaker, you know, knows what I'm talking about. <clears throat> um, and uh, and so you know, I finally you know d- decided you know pretty cynically that. It would be easier to get a horror, fo- um, a horror film financed, right. and so uh, and so that's that's sort of what what got me going on this one. Um, and 
Uh, and so, of course, it began cynically, but then from there you ask, okay, well, where do I fit into the genre? What do I want from the genre? What are my fears? Um, you know, what, and, and so then it becomes less and less cynical and, you, and, and more and more personal and then, you know, and so, and then out comes Hereditary, maybe a year later. Um, and uh, A24, I mean, is a company that I've been certainly sure. like circling, just like everybody else. Um, you know, since they, I, I can't believe they've only existed since, what, it was like 2012 when it's they new. got started? Yeah, it doesn't, Spring Breakers was around then, yeah. It doesn't feel new, no, yeah. No. But I remember like Under the Skin was, was the big one for me. That was like the, wait, who's, who's distributing the, the new Glazer? Um, but uh, but they they were aware of me from my shorts. I mm -hmm. think the Johnsons and they and, probably saw the script and saw what this could be, and so they right they saw it. So, so okay. And so. they and they had read other scripts as well. Um, a, a, a couple of the scripts that I was trying to get going, mm -hmm. they they I think were pretty interested in. But at that point, they weren't um, getting into pre-buying or anything like that. Sure. Um, they, they were really, I think they had done it a couple times, but they were really, you know, more about acquisitions. Right. And, and of course now they're, they're moving into doing their own stuff. You know, you talked about um, approaching horror in a non-cynical way. And you know, your, your shorts are these very intense, dark family dramas. You know, I'm wondering, you know, you, I know you're a cinephile and I'm sure horror film factors into that, but how do you find, when you're, you're, you're deciding to take, make a film like Hereditary, which clearly has a connection to, some, to your other work, what is that starting point in terms of approaching genre? Is it, is it starting with the Graham family and their story? Uh, you know, we'll leave it at, there's a, there's a, there's a large uh, event that happens you know, that, that kind of reshuffles the deck for the Graham family? Is it that mythology of the supernatural that you had to create for this? Is it, you know, there's all these different pieces. You know, what is that way that you find your way in that starting point when you're, when you're writing the script? Well, I know that I'm not affected by anything if I'm not invested in the characters, you know, at the center of the story. Um, so it was important to me uh, to attend to the, the family and to, the, and, and to their dynamics and to, you know, and, and to their, their history um, before I even thought about any of the horror elements. Um, and then from there, I wanted to make sure that, that all of those horror elements grew out, out of what I had built. Um, for this family in the first in the first hour, um, you create this whole mythology and this backstory. Was that kind of fun? Is that something once you knew these characters? Is that something that was kind of fun and comes natural? That sense of what what's underneath all of this? Yeah. Well, I mean that that that's maybe where the work comes in. You know, mm -hmm. I, I I typically um, outline before I write, mm -hmm. and um, and I don't outline until I've kind of lived with the movie in my head for a while and um, there are a lot of like peripheral plot details in this film. Mm -hmm. um, I mean ultimately the film really is a conspiracy movie but told from the perspective of the people who are being conspired against. Mm -hmm. um, so I needed to really just litter the film with clues that you either pick up or you don't mm -hmm. um, and some are like right in your face and then some are hidden in the background and 
you know, and 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 uh, ultimately, I wanted to give you just enough pieces of, of the puzzle to put together yourself. Uh, and at the end, things were made. I, you know, I I I I hope pretty clear. Mm -hmm. um, and I also have a feeling there's also this element. I've, I've unfortunately, because I only saw it for the first time last week, I haven't had a chance to see it twice. I have a feeling this is a film that's going to reward multiple viewings in that sense that the breadcrumbs that are left and being able to piece things together when you when you go back to it. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, one thing I was talking about with, um, I did really want to avoid exposition wherever I could. Mm -hmm. um, Thank uh, you. And, <laughs> and, and, and there are scenes where I, 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 I had to cheat and I had to go there and I tried to keep them to a minimum. Um, but I liked the idea of all the answers sort of being there, but being mm -hmm. but being there to to uh, to pick up as you please, um, and uh, and and I. And that's really uh, tricky because there's an element here of what will they understand, what will they not understand, and right. I feel like you found this wonderful balance where I'm not sure that I could, after I walked out of the theater, tell you exactly. You know the whole story about the backstory of I don't I'm trying not to be spoiler here, but like but essentially piece together this, what right. ends up getting revealed in this whole history. But at the same time, um, I I think I was there for each dramatic beat. I knew what I needed to know, or I needed to, I, I knew what was at stake, and I, I I knew that you weren't playing fast and loose with this world that you created. Well, good. I mean, yeah, we're I mean, we're the audience is ultimately with the family in their ignorance of what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so the fam so we're, we're sort of discovering things as the family is. And there are some things that we are privy to that, mm -hmm. that the, the family does not have the benefit of, of mm -hmm. seeing. It, it's a difficult line to walk and, mm -hmm. um, and I can't speak to whether I, uh, I fall over into you know, the obnoxious or not. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but um, you want to encourage, like you know, a, a more active engagement on the part of the audience, and so you want the audience to come to you for some of it. Um, and the film, I, you know, also goes through pains to certainly satisfy certain expectations, and while you know, also you know, hopefully subverting them. But then, but then, you know, it's always a balancing act, when, especially when you're making a genre film of like, mm -hmm. well, what, what do I like? Where do I give, and how much do I give, and then how much do I deny? And how much do I withhold? Um, and uh, and typically, if if you are making a genre film and you are aiming to, mm -hmm. you know, really meet the demands of the genre, you're withholding in order to enhance the eventual payoff. Um, and so, you know, I'm sure that there will be a lot of people who go to this film and feel that it's 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 too slow and it takes its time and it takes too much time and it demands too much patience and then I'm sure that there are going to be be people who you know want well or or I'm sure there will also be people you know alternately who who feel that you know the film should have just so shouldn't have gotten so big at the end and shouldn't have gone so crazy and you know like you know I'm I'll, I'm sure I'll be criticized for throwing everything and you know plus the kitchen sink in at the end. Whereas you know, may, may, maybe they would have appreciated the restraint in the beginning because the film ultimately, and I, I, I hope I earn the ending. Me too. Um, but it is, but yeah, it's, it's. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people who who hate the ending of Rosemary's Baby. They, they, they love. That's not your audience. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's not my audience. I, yeah, they. 
they they love living in that ambiguity and they yeah. hate the idea of resolution. They feel yeah. like it's cheap. Yeah. I frankly can't imagine Rosemary's Baby without Staying that ending. That, yeah. Oh, I, I love the ending of Rosemary's yeah. Baby. You need it, yeah. um, I think. And so, yeah. You called this movie, I want to go back to this idea of, of you deciding to do a horror film. You called this, somewhere along the way, Rosemary's Baby kind of mixed with ordinary people. And that idea of a family drama, and in the beginning, some of the most intense parts and part of this is, 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 not, is removed from the supernatural. That element of mixing the two, <clears throat> is, is that something, I mean, obviously other films have done that. Um, is this something where you were kind of really thinking about a couple different benchmark films of things that kind of pulled off what you wanted to do? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I, I, um, I was thinking a lot about Rosemary's Baby. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking a lot about Don't Look Now. Mm -hmm. um, to a lesser extent, but, but, you know, to a lesser extent I was thinking about The Innocence, which is a great Jack Clayton film, um, like an adaptation of Turn of the Screw by that was written by Truman Capote, um, but uh, but ultimately, you know, I I, uh, I I just I know that I'm never affected by any genre film or any film mm -hmm. in general unless I'm invested in the in the people at the at the heart of that film, mm -hmm. um, and so it just it felt like a no-brainer to me to 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 make something that. I, I, I hope functions first as a vivid family drama um, before then even, you know, before even like thinking about attending to those uh, horror elements. This is, I don't want you to go too far down this, and you made the film that you made and it's fantastic and um, I'm just wondering, you, you say you started with the family and you, you know, that, be, and having just seen your shorts, is there a part of you that was like, you know, I had a script in me that was the non-horror um, version of the Graham story, the Graham family story. Or did you not even think that way? Yeah, well, you know, I feel like, uh, and this is something that I've said recently, this is a film about loss, and I, I wanted to make something that served as a serious meditation on grief and trauma and the corrosive effects that, that, that trauma can, can have on the family unit. Um, and I wanted to make a film that took suffering seriously. It's about people who are suffering, and I, and, and, and I, 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 I wanted to honestly explore that. Um, you know, I, I feel like there are a lot of films about people who suffer a loss, and then things get hairy, and, you know, and there's a breakdown in communication, things get tum um, tumultuous, but then in the end, you know, they've they've navigated their way through it and their bonds have been strengthened by the, you know, the adversity. Um, and, there, you know, it's, it's, it's maybe a part of, you know, this American exceptionalist, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mythology. Um, uh, uh, Can it feel true to you? That well, well, no, it, it, there's no, nothing inherently false about that. I mean, we need hope to get mm -hmm. to, to get out of bed in the morning. Um, but you know, but but there are some people who don't recover right. from certain blows. Uh, some people are taken down, and um, and sometimes people go down with with the people that they're closest to. Um, and uh, I wanted to make a film about that. But you know, if if I did make that as 
a bleak, you know, drama um, that ends on something of a hopeless note. I mean, first, you know, good luck finding the financing. <laughs> and then if I do find the financing, um, well, first, I'm not going to have the resources that I had for this film. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, and then good luck, you know, um, finding an audience for it. I'll, I'll probably watch the film, um, <laughs> but... Uh, but, while, you're, while you're editing it, yeah, <laughs> right, right, exactly. But but you know, but um, and I've said this before. But you know, what 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 uh, might be seen as a deterrent for audiences in one genre mm. suddenly becomes a virtue in another genre. And and the beauty of the horror genre is that you can smuggle in these harder stories, mm. um, and, uh, and 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 and. The genre does come with certain demands, um, but mostly you just you need to find the, the catharsis in whatever story you're telling, and um, and in this case, you know the the catharsis is pretty horrible. The opening shot of this movie is is remarkable. Um, Tony Collette's character. What do you call you know people call it dollhouse miniatures? What is it when you're an artist that makes those those things? What what is that? Is that like if she had a show? Well, would you call them miniatures? I, it, I, I guess we we alternated between calling her a model maker and a miniaturist. Yeah, but there's these amazing things, and, and, and for just for reference standpoint, they are like almost little dollhouses. And we we start in her shop and we see the house, and then we end up on um, the son's bedroom and. Seamlessly, and we will. I want. We'll table how you did that because I don't know how you did that. Seamlessly, it suddenly becomes live action and becomes becomes our movie starts. But that metaphor of that visual metaphor of her miniatures in the dollhouse seems to be. It's not just cool. It also seems just so integral to how you see this family and want to tell their stories. The miniatures always kind of struck me as like a pretty potent metaphor for what the family situation is. You know, they are people who are revealed by the end to have no agency. And, um, and so, you know, they always felt to me like dolls in a dollhouse being manipulated by these outside forces for outside ends. And, um, and so, you know, it kind of started there and then obviously becomes a logistical issue and, and then, and then becomes something else when, you know, when you go from when you take the writer hat off and then put on the director hat. Well, because you're talking about those, because one thing that really struck me about this is because you have two things here. One is that because you then want to shoot it like that, you can't, I, I, I haven't read the press notes, but I assume this isn't locations. You had to build that stuff to get the shots that you wanted in terms of the house, right? Yeah. I, I have to assume. Well, well <clears throat> the way that I work, um, or at least the way that I've worked thus mm -hmm. far, is I, uh, I, I don't really talk to anybody on the crew until I've, Mm -hmm. finished a shot list, if I can help it. Um, so, you know, I, I go through the script and I, I you know, kind of uh, envision the whole movie and then I'll go and sit down with my DP, mm -hmm. um, who is Pavel Pogorjelski. I've been working with him since AFI and he's one of my best friends. Um, so, I'll, but I'll, I'll sit down with, uh, with Pavel and then and then um, my production designer, who, mm -hmm. who was Grace Yoon here, mm -hmm. she's amazing and did an amazing job. And uh, and I'll take them through the uh, the shot lists, which is a process that takes about three weeks, five hours a day, and um, 
<laughs> and the A twenty four A twenty four conference room is always a, a sound adventure, and right now there's a man outside our window. Yes, there is. We are eleven. <laughs> we're eleven, power we're eleven stories up, and there's a and there's somebody either painting or scraping at the window. Um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, I'll take them through the shot list. That's a process that, that takes about three weeks, mm -hmm. five hours a day. Um, we'll we'll have a dry erase board. Um, and you know, and scene by scene, I'll kind of draw out what I imagine the the space to be, and what the blocking, mm -hmm. you know, what I want the blocking to be, and where the camera should be, and how the and have it, um, how the camera would move in relation to the blocking. And then once I've gone through that, we all have the same movie in our head, and then a dialogue can begin. That's you know, that's pretty effective, and 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 the shot list changes from there and gets better from there. Um, but um, yeah, so that's so so anyway. So we 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 had uh, so we we knew what the shot list was. We knew how we wanted to shoot the film. We scout we scouted for about a month and a half, um, and ultimately, uh, you know, found what we figured we were going to find, which was that there were no locations that would accommodate. The shot list. Yeah, because um, part, part of this, let's just talk about this for a second, and it, it comes back to this idea of also the miniatures and, and, and the lack of, is that you are filming in such a way that we have these shots where we have full body, you, it's very hard in locations to get those full body shots and to let people move through space. You, you need to be a certain distance. It's not like you're long lens, but you have to be a certain distance exactly. that, that, you know, and when they, that, you know, it, it reminds one of how Hollywood used to be because you used to get those shots no problem in interiors because the wall would move and you can do it. And um, and there's an element of just that connection of how you want to tell the story visually in that house that you need that space, right? That's just that that's like you can't deliver on so many of not only what's in your head but also kind of that that theme and that metaphor, right? Yeah, I mean. It, it also depends on you know what 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 lenses you're okay using you know if you're if you're okay you don't want to go like fisheye <laughs> yeah if you're okay going to like a 15 millimeter lens then you can go pretty wide in a room um, but we we were going for this dollhouse aesthetic um, I you know I we 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 knew that it would be best if we could remove walls uh, we we needed spaces that would accommodate a dolly and allow people to move from room to room um, and those are very hard to find unless. You know, unless you're shooting in a mansion, but a mansion looks like a mansion. There's right. No, you know, you can't make that feel that homey. I don't know, yeah. It's supposed to be Colorado, or I know you're in Utah, but it's like there's something very like exactly. mountain homey with aspens outside and things like that. Exactly. And and we were we were scouting, looking for a, uh, you know, we, we were looking for a mansion that just looked like you know like, that looked that looked more modest, and there 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 aren't any in Utah. Um, so, you know, we, we did our due diligence, we were looking for a, a, a location, didn't find it, became clear we were going to have to build, it also became clear that, that it would be cheaper to build anyway than to dislocate a family and then just, you know, alter a house in the way that we would have to to make it work anyway. So um, we built we built the entire um, interior of the house on a soundstage um, <clears throat> in in Park City, Utah. We we found you know um, we found an actual location in Salt Lake City to stand in for the you know the exterior of sure. the house, and we built uh, the exterior of the treehouse there. Um, 
and we, we, we only shot there for three days, and we shot for 18 days on the, uh, on the soundstage. Um, and so everything we built there was, we, we built everything interior. We built the, the first floor, the second floor, the attic, um, and then uh, two different versions of the treehouse because it, it kind it, of... It transforms. It, it, it transforms. <laughs> There's also this element, and it's amazing work, and I wonder if you talk about it, the actual, Tony Collette's actual art, the, which plays a huge story part in this, which were her miniatures. Right. Like, I have to imagine that's also something, well... I don't know how much, is that something you had to look into beforehand? Or is it like you're writing and like, I hope someone could do this? <laughs> because it's like, you know, there's just a whole oh, scene. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I, I, it, it was definitely, um, so, <laughs> but, but before we had even really started looking, I was already despairing of like finding somebody, you know, because we, if you have a, you know, like, a limitless budget, then, then yeah. You, you hire someone, like, it's like, yeah, fine. yeah. Um, but, uh, but, you know, this was an independent film. Um, it, it's still a small film, even though it's, you know, I certainly had more resources than any first-time filmmaker, you know, could expect, you know. And you I, needed I was very they, fortunate. They, it was on screen, too, so I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, everything's on screen. But I mean, I, 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 I am, I, I will always be grateful for what I was given on this one. Um, and uh, and I'm, I'm still surprised that I, I got it. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we ended up, before we ended up in Utah, we thought we might be shooting in, in Toronto. And I found a really wonderful uh, model maker um, named Steve Newburn, who is actually primarily a prosthetics guy. And he also did the prosthetics in this film. Um, and the prosthetics are, are just as, as significant uh, a, a part of hereditary as as the miniatures are, so he had a huge job, um, one that I think like probably nearly killed him. Um, the stress was the stress level got got was pretty high by the end. Um, when did he start building? I mean, someone like that has to come on early, I would imagine. Well, you know, this was kind of a learning process for all of us. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think anybody on this movie had done anything quite like this because ultimately we were, we're building a house from scratch, but we're also replicating that house before we've built it. Um, and there are certain things you just don't think about. And then when you, when you learn the lessons, it's like, well, that, okay, that, that lesson should have been apparent to us before we, before we learned it the hard way. But, um, you know, we made sure that we knew what the dimensions were right away, uh, so we could get him those, so he could start building the frame right away of the, you know, of the house, and, and then, you know, and he, he built many miniatures for this. The, the prime miniature was the Graham House miniature, but, you know, but we, I think we had nine or ten built for the film, um, and a couple of them are from her old art shows, and they're downstairs. And one is like, uh, and, and they're a bit more conceptual. One is a, a suburban house where all the windows are, are like barricaded, and you know there are like uh, metal sheets over some windows, and just you know barbed wire and all these things. And then uh, the other, uh, and chains, and you know, um, and and um, and steel gates. And then the other. Uh, the, the other one downstairs was a, uh, um, it's like a mass of dirt with like 
house is buried into it, and then there's a house on top. So like, you know. Um, the detail work is so awesome, and it's amazing. And it's also such an express, all of them, part of it is it's, just, it's such a perfect expression of her and her character and what's going on. Yeah, it, uh, it, it was kind of amazing to be able to do those kind of like, almost those more throwaway ones that are, that are important, and they do like, they do really, really, um, they, I, I, I feel like they lend a lot to the film, but those were miniatures that I definitely like had in mind as like it would be nice to have them if we can do them, but obviously we have to prioritize you know the things that she's doing for her show right now, and it, it was amazing to be able to actually do um do those and then see what what Steve was really actually capable of. But anyway, I'm, I that was a long tangent. Um, we we ended up giving Steve the uh, you know what he needed to build the frame of the house first, and we prioritized that. But then it became very clear to us that what he really needed early on was, you know, what, what are, like, how are we dressing the house? Mm. What's the furniture? What, uh, if there are plants in the, in, you know, in any given room, what are those plants? Uh, you know, what, what are, the, the drapes on the windows, and the when you're building, when you're building, bed. it's like you you have it, it, there, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Because it's like you are building their visual story, their house from the ground up with exactly. all of these details, rather than oh, this feels right, and then we'll add some drapes, we'll add some colors. This is like it's like that blessing and curse because it's like you can have ultimate control, but like literally, like every single detail has something to do with. Yeah, them. it's almost like making an animated film. You need mm. to make these these decisions really early on, and you uh, and uh, and so you know. I mean, e even if you're building a, a house on a stage and that's it, like mm. you can dress the house as late as you want. I mean, it'll get it gets more and more stressful to not have things figured out as you get clo closer to shooting. But you can, you, but you can ultimately dress the house two days before shooting. Um, and here we needed to, you know, have these things figured out at least a month and a half beforehand, and we were only out there for um, for ten weeks. Um, and it took us, you know, it took us a few weeks to figure out that we need, needed to build in the first place. Um, so anyway, it, it, it's it, we we had uh, miniatures coming in on on the days that we were shooting them. And we had pushed all of that to the very end of the shoot. So the last week of the shoot was all kind of devoted to the stuff in Annie's workshop. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and, and that's, that's when the models were finally showing up. Um, and and I, how did you do the opening? What we actually did was we shot a separate plate of Peter's, Peter's bedroom with a wall removed in wide. Mm -hmm. um, and we give ourselves about 30 or 40 seconds of, uh, of lead-in, so that as we're pushing towards it, you know, we have no activity happening. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then Gabriel just comes in and, and grabs. And, you can kind of, and then you can bridge him with VFX in terms of anything that needs to be. Right, well then, then what, what, yeah, well, well, well then what, what, what we do is we take that plate and we lay it over the, uh, um, the miniature bedroom. Got it. And so, oh. and so that's that's oh. VFX tracking and yeah. And so okay. Oh, all right. That makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, so you have to shoot the the live action first, and then you use it as a and then you use it as a fleet. Okay. Right. right. And then and then there's also um, at, at the very beginning we are on the treehouse right out the window, but we shot on a stage right. So mm -hmm. that's also a plate, and that's green screen outside outside the window. Mm -hmm. 
um, which was way trickier than we expected because we, anyway, we didn't use tracking markers on the green screen. Um, and it, it, was just, it was just very hard to, to seamlessly pan away from that image without it feeling false. Um, but, uh, but I do remember that on, on the day that we, we, we were shooting that first shot, the Graham house manager came in and the front wall was still on. Um, Peter's room was exposed, but you know, somehow uh, this was miscommunicated. And you know, I mean, like all directing is is talking and 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 just tr trying to give people a vivid idea of what of what of, of what you're thinking. Right. Um, and somehow, like this incredibly essential thing was not expressed or communicated clearly enough. And, um, and so, you know, we had this beautiful miniature that, you know, is kind of closed in. Right. Um, and the, you know, the whole idea was we need that front wall removed. We need this x-ray view of the house. And so I was given a choice. I said, well, we can, we, we can saw off the front wall, but, we do, but this wasn't designed for that. And if we do that, it could splinter everywhere. It could really, it, like, we could destroy the entire thing. Um, or you just shoot it this way because Peter's room is still exposed and, and yeah. you can still, you know, do something here. I don't know what tool you would use to cut something like that. I mean, I, I, I didn't watch it because it, I, it was too uh, stressful. But Now we, you know how we, we feel watching your movie. No. <laughs> um, Okay, at this point we're, we're towards the end of the podcast and you should turn this off if you haven't seen this film. Um, we, we haven't talked spoilers up to this point, but I mean there's an element here of, of, of what happens um, with Charlie's death and um, that is one of the most viscerally shocking things I've experienced in a, in a theater in a very long time. But the intensity that follows that of, you know, waiting you know, there's, there's so much that's not unspoken with the remaining family. And feeling like this is, you know, and we hear Tony Collette discover the body off, off screen. And there's that, to me, what followed it, I don't know if it was 15, 20 minutes, was incredibly intense and incredibly uncomfortable for me as a, fam as a, as a film goer. And in a, in a way, I think that was intended. Um, and, but that's like early on in the film. And it's incredibly effective. And it, it, what strikes me is, is that then having to slowly transition into the supernatural, that's a tricky balance. Not that you don't want, that family drama is going to influence, of course, like you said, how we experience the supernatural. But that's, um, I gotta imagine that, that kind of like, you almost have to let the air out of the balloon a little bit to yeah. then rebuild the supernatural, right? Yeah, well, you know, I, um even as I was pitching the film, you know, trying to find financing um, after I'd just written it, uh, I was describing it as a family tragedy that, that curdles into a nightmare in the way that, you know, that life can really feel like a nightmare um, when disaster strikes. And in that way, I feel like the film almost owes a greater debt to the domestic melodrama in like the Serkian sense, right, mm -hmm. than it does to the horror film. Um, in that, like, it, it is a film that is about suffering and it's about people who are going through great pain. It's, it, I, 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 I hope it serves as you know, a serious meditation on grief and trauma while mm -hmm. also being an unabashed genre film. Um, but it also, it, it, it aims to honor 
those extreme emotions that these people are suffering through by ultimately being as big as them, mm. right? So I want to make a film that really does take suffering seriously, but one that, that kind of like collapses under the weight of what these people are going through. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, the, the, I, it was just very important to me that I really, I want to say root the viewer, but I was really just rooting myself as a filmmaker in, in the suffering of these people and then to allow all of the horror elements to grow out of that, to, to, to basically cr create this incredibly untenable situation and this, this atmosphere that like people can't survive, right? Like sometimes a house just becomes unlivable. How did you um, create the atmosphere as we were, getting, we were wrapping up? The, 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 you know, we talked before about these longer shots um, and uh, a lot of this is dependent upon your cast in terms of this and some of this and some of this intensity is coming directly from your cast. What was, what was your approach to directing in terms of creating an atmosphere on set? My understanding was it was fairly intense. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was more heavy than intense. Mm -hmm. um, and again, when you're working the way that, that we were, which is, you know, we are like executing a plan, right? The blocking has been figured out, the camera movement has been figured out. It's not like you, you kind of can't go um, method and all crazy it, yeah. method, um, which is good um, on a movie like this because that could get very weird. Mm -hmm. um, but I, but, um, but it was heavy, and I think it was heavy just because the script called for it, and the actors knew what was required, and you know. When it comes to, when it came to the performances, um, my job was kind of mostly done when when I cast them. Um, they 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 all knew what was needed, and and they really they all came to the table with it. Um, and uh, I I was really able to just sort of be at the monitor and just be a fan. And yeah, have you been involved in the marketing at all? So I actually have not been. Uh, involved in the marketing, we we did have some preliminary conversation conversations, and I told them, and I told A twenty four, like you know, and and Graham, who who's who, who's the marketing guy here, and he's a fucking genius. Well, I mean, um, they're driving right because there's this element. People in the office, people who've seen the office saw it way before me, and they love this film, and they've been talking about this film, and so now they're watching the marketing, and because they were all talking, how are they going to handle this twist, which comes early in the movie? Yeah, and it's like they're driving right into it. It's like it's like she's on the cover, she's yeah. on the, you know, it's it's it's. it's and it's something it's something we were talking about from from the beginning, making sure that we really preserve that twist um, and really protect that. What I can say is that I, I, I'm so excited by the way that A24 has been handling things and it feels like you know, the movie couldn't be pushed in a smarter way and, and I'm, I'm really excited to see how people handle the twist because they, they really have done everything possible to, uh, to enhance it, really. Ari, right, it was really nice to meet you. Congratulations on the movie. Really great to meet you. Thanks for uh, having me.